Hello. Hello. And welcome. It's Day of Homekins. It is our very exciting June episode. June is busting out all over. And if you've never seen that video of, I forget who it is, mm. some famous lady, a grand dame of the theater, who has to sing June is busting out all over. Mm-hmm. And I guess a teleprompter went down. Oh, yes. And she does the most amazing nonsense scatting. I'm remembering this. To the the tune of the song. It's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's like on the tip of my brain. It's outside. It's outside, yes. Outdoor theater venue. And she's walking through the crowd. She's down on the ground. She's not up like. She's not on a stage. She's not on a stage. She's making her way up to the stage <laughs> through the crowd. She's not lying on the ground. Why? Is there something connected to Kelsey Grammer with this? No. That's not the same thing where you That calls. is not the same. Kelsey Grammer <gasps> Cuckoo had come, his own thing. Cuckoo, hi. The hell? You Cuckoo's out? ready to go. Coming out hot. Cuckoo heard us talking. Damn. He was like, what the fuck? Nobody puts Cuckoo in the corner. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer fell off the stage. Different um, place, though. It different was place. No, that was inside. Okay. Kelsey Grammer I've fell off the stage inside. Conflated them in my mind. Yeah. Well, if you're... Great mashup. If anyone wants to do that, a TikTok duet of those two, <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you. But, you know, say you heard it here first. Yes. Yes. Well, anyway, That's all we this is Stay Up Homekins. What is that, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. My name is Paula Tompkins. My name is Janie Haddad Tompkins. I'm a comedian. I'm an actress. We are a married couple living in Los Angeles, and this is our after dinner podcast. What we do is, see, <laughs> we we belly up to the table <laughs> after dinner. Yes. We pour ourselves. We eat dinner in front of the TV like normal people. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not idiots. <laughs> Although tonight I was reading and you were... Scrolling, maybe? I don't know what you were doing. And I've been scrolling. And, which is unusual. Sometimes we try to eat the at the dinner table before this, but we were in a hurry. And um, we belly up to the table. We pour ourselves a goddamn weekend water. That's right, we do. We drop this unhinged, <laughs> sort of meandering, unplanned is maybe a better word. Stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness. It's a conversation, that's all it is. It's a conversation between us. Maybe two of the greatest comedic minds that ever walked the <laughs> Now, Janie and I, we've been married a long time. We stopped scripting our conversations a long time ago. Now we, now we just sort of like, you know, we just allow them to be sort of improvisational. Yes, which is what we learned from love languages. You wanted to talk about this. You brought it up just before we started recording. Because what made you think of that book? This podcast I listened to the other day. Mm-hmm. I was listening to this podcast the other day. Die. <laughs> it's my weekend one. I, I, it, <laughs> your, by, the by, by the by, drinking accent. It's been a bit of a day. So I'm having like. Yeah. I was out on the picket, the picket lines. And I was frantically getting ready for my trip on Friday. Yeah. Trying to get all these things done. Oh, you just spoiled it. Not This is not Friday. <gasps> it's right before Paul goes we to Philadelphia. We tricked you, idiots. We had to record it before he left for Philadelphia because he's going to Philadelphia to bring Varietopia, a variety show of for the modern age, to Philadelphia audiences um, at the Underground Arts and there are still a few tickets available for the early Friday show. So That's right. Go. For the early Friday and Saturday. And uh, those shows are the 16th and 17th of June. But I'm getting in early because I want to see some family and friends. Yes. So been a bit of a day. I listened to this lovely. Uh, the reason I brought it up with you it mm. was, well, there was a couple reasons. Like what took me on. You don't even day. need any reason, by the way. I like to share a little bit of my process. Okay. I think that's fun. But I just for future reference. You can bring up books I can bring the fuck without I want justifying the why you're doing it. Well, yeah. our audience, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, I was given some gifts today. Mm-hmm. I was given some gifts. And I was laughing at the gifts. They were very thoughtful ones. And um, I was uh, thinking about this podcast about the love language book. Right. Because I had never read the, the book. Yeah, why and, would you? And what I wanted to ask you was, what did you think that book was about? I will say this. I forgot that it was a book, if I ever knew that. And my best guess 
is that because you, you said now it's just a phrase. I said it's one of those books that's a phrase that's become it's just been boiled down to this one like phrase. a book. Yeah. 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 And then you, you, you remember yours and you forget everybody else's. Right. <laughs> well, can we? OK. So, Gifts, acts of service, words of encouragement okay. and support. Wait, you remember like the actual love languages? I'm trying to. I want to make sure this is still recording because this just happened. I know. We have to set it. What we're, do I do? We're still, I don't know. How do you get the, the thing off? Oof. I don't know. It's your laptop. Do, what do you do in this situation? I, um. Uh, oh, wait. Do you have to put your, okay. Wait, we're, see, here's the thing. We're new to uh, recording directly into the laptop. And, and we're, we're forgetting laptop. there are certain things you have to do. Does this all stay in? <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, because otherwise I'll have to edit. Okay, so basically what I was surprised about, the reason before you start even listing the love languages, which I don't fucking remember what they are, and I didn't listen to the whole podcast But yet. the things I said sound familiar, right? <laughs> yeah. Basically like, okay, basically like what I didn't know about the book, which is crazy, is that the book is not about learning what your own love language is to tell other people or it whatever. Ha it has to be. No. It's actually about learning what your partner's love language is so you can, like, I guess, like, manipulate them or whatever. Wow. <laughs> Get them to do things or whatever. <laughs> you know that's what I'm saying? Hor that's horrible. No, it's, I mean, I added that. I added a little editorial <laughs> there. But, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just a cheat code. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to set this. Keep talking because I'm trying to set this so that it won't go to sleep. Yeah. Do like two hours or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Five minutes. We need more than time than that. Okay. That's good. Okay. 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 Let's see what happens. Okay, screensaver. <laughs> okay, screensaver. Let's see where this goes. My screensaver is um, the it's it's uh, I have a Apple brand laptop, <laughs> many years old. But my screensaver is like when it it shows you the album covers of like your um, your music preferences, your iTunes mm -hmm. library or whatever. And apparently, you can click on any of them because the little triangles came up as we were trying to. Get that screen Which away. So I didn't. That's the first time I've ever. I didn't yeah. know that. Which is funny because the the screen is locked, but then any asshole can just come up and start playing music. <laughs> that's the what. I'm glad you noticed that because I could have just started playing music. Anyway, I like that imagine? screensaver a lot because I like album covers. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's kind of nice neat. Screensaver. That's kind of neat. Yeah. yeah anyway, neat. so that. So let me ask you this. Mm. What do you think my, wait, my preferred, wait, okay, now I'm in the weeds because is it like yeah. my preferred love language like I like to do for other people or is it my preferred, the book is like figuring out the preferred love language of your partner like they like to, they like to get. I think the idea is you're supposed to do this together so that you know, here's the one I like to give, here's the one I like to receive and then you know how to compliment each other. I mean, I'm assuming okay. this is so funny. that <laughs> We're just flying blind. How old is that book now? I don't know, but it's like a podcast where they take like books that mm. were like a phenomenon. Right. right, right and right. they kind of like deconstruct it in sort of through like a modern lens. Did they already do, do the Celestine prophecy? <laughs> do you remember that one? Is that it? But no, there's all like nonfiction books. Yeah, this was like mid '90s. Oh wait, that was a nonfiction. Yes, it book? was, and it was one of those books where it was like, "Have you read this book? It's got a lot of interesting ideas." I read the Da Vinci Code, and it sounds like the same writer. I know, but it's not. So wait, the Celestine prophecy was like what? Like they were like who? What is a Celestine? Like I, what's Celestine? cannot begin to tell you oh you don't even know no i don't, don't remember know? if somebody told me and i'm sure somebody told me because i remember somebody i knew at the time was reading it and told me about it and i don't remember anything that they said 
but it was a vaguely self-helpy maybe kind of thing like along okay. the lines of like the, the art secret, of war the secret oh okay more like that maybe midway between the secret and the art of war although it might not have even been that extreme as either of those you know right well now you've got me sort of like interested <laughs> in the celestine prophecy <laughs> i don't Should know Should I look up a synopsis of it yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, that's funny that you I'll say... I'll also look up the love language. Wait, can I tell you something funny? Mm. <laughs> please? Yes, so we, please. So today I was at the um, I was at the Writers Guild strike picket, which um, is still going on, guys, apparently. Mm. Um, so I was there, and um, me and my friend Catherine, a lot of times will do the neutral gate observing, which we've talked about on this podcast before, but basically, like... You stake out like a an entrance and record any you know production that might be illicitly happening or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're just sitting there and we're like totally shooting the shit, and we're talking about something. I can't remember how. We were just talking about something, and then Mash, and then the character. We were just talking about this stuff, and then and then I was like, oh yeah, like the oh I was like I wonder if Mash was like the beginning of like single camera comedies because like remember. Like Mash was like kind of a single camera comedy, and they added a laugh track. Yeah, I was also like describing the Mash finale to Catherine because she'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about the Mash finale, and I was like, "But there was no laugh track in the finale." That's right. And then I was like, "Is that the beginning?" But they but, did a couple over the years with no laugh track. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay, but then we were like, "Is that the beginning?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know," because like remember Square Pegs. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been like a single camera comedy, right? But that came on after Mash did. MASH debuted in the 70s. Square Pegs came on in the 80s. But here's the thing. Bewitched is a single camera comedy. You know what I mean? It goes way back. Mr. Ed. Oh, I was going to say, but MASH also ended in the 80s. It ended in the 80s. Yes, it did. So anyway, she was like Square Pegs and she like hadn't heard of Square Pegs. Oh. So I did like, let me look it up because I I very vividly remember Square Pegs Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it had only been like one season. And then we looked it up and then it said... Why did it only go for one season? Do you know why? No. Because of rampant drug use from among the cast oh. and crew. <laughs> <laughs> if the if Google is to be believed. Wow. Yeah. So much that they canceled the show. Yeah. There's like there's nothing we can do about this. Yeah. These people are animals. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. So what did you find? The Celestine Prophecy is a ninety. 19- oh, I'm sorry. Celestine Prophecy colon an adventure. I did not realize it had a subtitle. And it's nonfiction? It's a 1993 novel by James Redfield. Novel. That discusses various psychological and spiritual ideas rooted in multiple ancient Eastern traditions and New Age spirituality. So it's a fake nonfiction. Yes, but here's the thing. The main character undertakes a journey to find and understand a series of nine spiritual insights in an ancient manuscript in Peru. The book is a first-person narrative of the narrator's spiritual awakenings go through a transitional period in his life. Okay, Criti- uh, reception and critique. The book was generally well-received by readers and spent 165 weeks in the New York Times bestseller list. The Celestine Prophecy also received some criticism, mostly from the literary community, who point out that the plot of the story is not well-developed and serves only as a delivery tool for the author's ideas about spirituality. Yeah, it's called the Bible or whatever. He, uh, the uh, James Redfield admitted that, even though he considers the book to be a novel, his intention was to write a parable, a story meant to illustrate a point. Or teach a lesson. I've never read it, but I think we should get the rights. Why? Because it sounds like something that Hollywood would just make into something. Not now, though. They sure. this was this was a huge hit. This book. That's what I'm saying. Like they're one the nostalgia factor. No one, no one has nostalgia for the Celestine prophecy. I'm gonna play Celestine. <laughs> Do you even know if that's a person? Is it not? I I don't know. <laughs> It's the type of prophecy? It could be. Maybe Celestines were a race of people. Oh, the Celestines. Maybe it's a prophecy about a Celestine, which could be a fancy vase. I don't want to do cultural (laughs) appropriation if I'm not authentically Celestine. No, you got to be authentically Celestine. I don't want to do Celestine face. (laughs) 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 So bad. All right. What? What? They? Where were you going to look up love oh, languages? Oh, the, the fucking love languages. Yes. Okay. Jeez. Now I got a vamp again. <laughs> Square pegs. Okay. Do you think Sarah Jessica Parker did drugs? Yeah. You do? Why not? She was. <laughs> she was young. Why not? 
What happened to the other girl on it, though? Did she have a career? I don't remember who it was. The only thing I remember about Square Pegs is the theme song, which haunts me to this yeah, day. Yeah, Square Pegs, Square Pegs, Square, Square. Anytime hey. I see... I can't stop thinking about it. I hear or see two words that uh, have equal emphasis. Sing it, because you sing it. You probably remember it better than I did. Square pet Pegs. store, pet store, pet store. That's what. That's where my mind goes. Oh, but I mean, sing it is Square Pegs. Square pegs, square pegs, square pegs. I think that's how it went. No, it was how it went. I know it's how it went. Okay, but I, I was don't just know why say, you needed me to do that. Alexa, play the Square Pegs theme song. No, what are you doing? The waitresses. The waitresses. Oh my god. <laughs> this theme song is on drugs. This is it? I don't remember this. This does not sound familiar in any way. Is it from the middle of the song? How long is this going to go? Hey, Alexa, knock it off. Oh, she doesn't like my sass. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. The love languages are based on a mm. book by Dr. Gary Chapman, who sounds like an assassin. And it's titled The Five Love Languages, which asserts that people express and desire to receive expressions of love differently. Mm. The five languages are. Service. You said gifts. Number one, words of affirmation. <laughs> Number two, quality time. Number three, receiving gifts. Number four, acts of service. Number five, physical touch. Survey says. All right, so there you physical go. Physical touch. <laughs> okay, okay. Access service, physical touch, quality time. What else? Uh, receiving gifts. Receiving gifts, and then words of affirmation. Words of, okay, okay, okay. What do you think? My love languages. I think the way I know what my main one is. I think the way you express your love. Oh, express, yeah. Because there's two. Is acts of service. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And the way you receive, you prefer to receive your love is quality time. <gasps> you fucking nailed yeah, it, baby. man. Yeah, baby. We're married. You fucking nailed yeah, it. I fucking nailed it. Okay. Do you want me to take a Yeah, stab? you better. And you better get it right. I think the way that you express. Oh, wait. That's not right. There's not a giving gift. There has to, I mean, you must take it as that can go both ways. Because I was going to say, I think the way you express is re, is giving gifts. Would you I agree? think that's true. I like to do that. And I think the way that you receive is physical touch. Honey, you fucking nailed it. I fucking nailed that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fucking nailed that shit. I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm. Uh, you know, giving gifts with uh, 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 physical touch cusp because I'm oh, also like, very touchy like, feel. Like, like expressing. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm also yeah, very yeah. touchy feel. But like, I feel like your like one of yours is not like necessarily giving gifts per se. It's like just gest- like grand gestures. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you're sort of like. A real grand gesture guy. I mean, yeah, I can be. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. I I do like to like send somebody something out of nowhere. Like if I see a little thing that makes me think of that person, Mm -hmm. then I'll send it to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 But also like I like I'm a quality time person, mm-hmm. but I think for you, your time is combined with the grand gesture in a way because it's mm. like you're like, oh, let's go do this thing with yes. with someone like and it's a That's part right. of like a crazy thing or not. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll be like, let's do this thing. It sounds fun. Like it sounds fun mm-hmm. with so and so or whatever. Yeah. And like for me, like I feel like I can just like like sit at a table across from someone it can be whatever yeah and I, i'm like i really want to get into it with mm-hmm. you like let's get into life like yeah. tell me every like let's I, exchange you know i mean ultimately it's like of course you're 
everybody's is everything. Combo of yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's is everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more like what is your tendency or what is your sort of preference or like default? Exactly. What is your default? Exactly. And how is it that you know that somebody is showing you love? Mm -hmm. There's that. Like, how do you? How can you translate that you're being? Well, that's impossible. If your languages are different. Impossible to know. How how can any of us know if we're loved? We can never know. Are you fucking for real? <laughs> no. That is so. I know that's very dark. Trippy, like. Uh, I didn't mean to trip you out, girl. No, girl. Do you remember the no, four, girl? No. Do you remember the four agreements? Mm-mm. Mm. I've heard of them, but I don't remember them. Or like all. I this, had a copy like, of that book. Never. Or read all this like. For this, five this, the ten ways, blah blah blah. Ten commandments. Like I can't, like yeah, like no. Fifty ways to leave your lover. Like I just like have to live my life, and I can't count how I'm doing it. Like it could be ten ways I'm living it, or four ways. So what are the fucking four agreements? Oh, it's like don't take things personally. Da da da. It's like here's what I remember: don't take things personally. Be impeccable with your word. That's all I remember. That's it. Yes, these are all things that I I think I fail at the four agreements on a regular basis. Let me look that up. <laughs> I first heard of the four agreements from our friend Leah Young when we were working together on DAG. Okay. Let people applaud. And DAG, the sitcom, the sitcom. starring David Allen Gurrier. Maybe you remember it ran, it ran for one seasons. And, and, but, but due to rampant drug use among the <laughs> cast and crew. <laughs> Any TV show that only goes for one season, it's because Due to rampant. the cast and crew, <laughs> everybody was in a big drug orgy. I, I, did someone write a Square Pegs memoir? Because I'll read that shit. If read that that. Is I true. mean, if that's true, absolutely, I'll read that Hell book. Hell yeah, I'll read that shit. All right. So this is Don Miguel Ruiz wrote this book. It's a series in Toltec Wisdom. Uh, the Four Agreements, A mm-hmm. Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. Sure. It's a self-help book written by Domingo Ruiz. The book offers a code of conduct claiming to be based on ancient Toltec wisdom. Toltec. We need more Calgon. That advocates freedom from self-limiting <laughs> beliefs that may cause suffering and limitation in a person's life. All right. Okay. Oh, uh, this was, of course, Oprah in- endorsed this. Okay. Um, okay, where are I, I mean, the look, there's a lot of ways we have suffering, emotional suffering. So much suffering. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you have to change your situation. So true. Do you mm. want to know the agreements? Yeah. Agreement one, be impeccable with your word. That's one thing that causes suffering. If you're not impeccable with your word, I guess it causes suffering in other people. If you're just a fucking liar, <laughs> or is it like, oh, I'm 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 gonna be there at three o'clock, but you throw up at you show up at three fifteen and you feel bad about it like the whole day because you were not impeccable with your word. Um, uh, probably bigger things than that, but that's pro- that falls under that heading, I would imagine. Okay. Uh, Ruiz describes a sin to be anything that goes against oneself and therefore being impeccable with language means to take responsibility for one's actions and remain without judgment against oneself and others. In essence, this agreement focuses on the significance of speaking with integrity and carefully choosing words before saying them aloud. Reasonable. I think I can get behind that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Agreement two. Don't take anything personally. Hmm. Okay. Unless you're, you might live with an abuser. So then what? Is that about me? No, I'm just saying like there's, that's not a deep, that's not a nuanced way of living your life. This is presuming, I guess, that your life is going great. But it's not nuanced. I mean, like sometimes you have to take things personally to change your own behavior. Of course. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Ruiz believes that anger, jealousy, envy, and even sadness can lessen or dissipate once an individual stops th- taking things personally. Hmm. Interesting. It advocates the importance of having a strong sense of self and not needing to rely on the opinions of others in order to be content and satisfied with their self image. Well, well, that's good luck. So I I don't think don't think take things personally is the right like edict then. Well, I mean, to me, the edict should be like have an incredible sense of self esteem. Well, that's what he's saying. Yeah. You can still take something personally if somebody wrongs you. No. 
He's saying you don't do but it. But if someone's trying to destroy you, you're not allowed to take it personally? Well, you can just, you can, I, I guess you can cut that person out of your life. They're trying to destroy you. <laughs> then it's not so much you're taking it personally, but you're saying like, oh, this is a bad situation. I'm going to get out of it. It doesn't mean be a doormat. All right. Number three. Mm. Yeah. Don't make assumptions. Oh, because you make an ass out of you and me. That's all it says. Have you heard that one? That's all it says. When you assume yeah. you make an ass out of you and me. Mm -hmm. Don't make assumptions. Well, I actually like don't make assumptions because I do that. I'm kind of judgmental a little bit. Like, like I'll meet a certain type of person and I'll be like, I fucking got that person's number. Like mm -hmm. right off the bat. Right. And that's not right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get, I mean, everybody gets a feeling about people. You know what I mean? We're animals. We're Did you know that? Animal. I knew it. But I'm saying like. I'm howling at the moon, baby. But also there is something to be said for allowing instinctive like. Yeah. I don't think he's saying like just blindly. <laughs> like if someone's giving you evidence of things. Yeah, of course. But sometimes you've only said three, exchanged three words. Right. But here's you, here's the thing. It's not about meeting people. It's it's here's what it is. Uh, making assumptions can lead to suffering and individuals should not partake in making them. When one assumes what others are thinking, it can create stress and interpersonal conflict because the person believes their assumption is a repre representation of the truth. Mm. A solution to overcoming the act of making an assumption is to ask questions and ensure that the communication is clear between the persons involved. So it's most mostly these things seem to be about communication. Communication. <laughs> communication. Communication. So the four communications rather than the four agreements. But what is an agreement but a communication? Is that true? Yeah. If you agree to something, it's because you communicated with each other. You've consented. Agreement number four. This is a tough one. Uh oh. This is the fourth. This is the fourth and final. Yeah. Number four with a bullet. Wait. Oh. Can I guess? Yeah. Treat yourself right. <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself a little self care every now and then. Watch um, a binge a little TV. Take a nap. You know it says retail therapy. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I love retail the therapy. Fourth, the fourth agreement. Oh, it's always do your best. This allows readers to have better insight into achieving progress towards their goals in life. The agreement entails integrating the first three agreements into daily life and also living to one's full potential. It involves doing the best that one can individually manage, which varies from the different situations and circumstances of the end of a counter. I have a... I have some opinions on this one. Well, sure. Oh, really? Let's hear them. Well, I personally, this may just be me, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I am consciously, or should I say conscientiously, mm -hmm. Doing my best or my worst. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just being mm -hmm. and some days are better than others. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, now that but see, that's interesting because at the end of a let's say at the end of a tough day and there's things you wanted to get done, but you just you like hit a wall at a certain point. Uh huh. Are you able to say at the end of that day, I didn't get all the things done that I wanted to get done. I didn't accomplish the things that I wanted to accomplish, but. I did the best that I could do today and that's it. No, of course I'm not. I feel like I would be like, wow, I'm fucking lazy. I can't fucking. That's how I feel. Too. So fucking tired. Yeah. Why am I so fucking it's tired? It's very hard for me to say I did my best. I don't want to be this old now. Yeah. Like, ugh. but, it, but you know what? When I am able to do that, it does make a huge but difference. But that's just a mindset then to me that there's something about that agreement that is more of a framing of how you're living your life versus how you are conscientiously or consciously living your life. And maybe that's the idea of that agreement. Maybe that is what I'm supposed to take away from it. Yeah. Is well, to frame guess what? Here's what's going to help you that framing. The first three agreements. 
But there are times when I've acted in a way where I wish I had acted a different way. Yeah, of course. Like I lost my temper. Or I was short. Yeah, yeah. Or I was like, I can't engage. But you know what? It gets I'm overwhelmed. It, I can't engage. It does get into like when you're forgiving your parents for things or whatever for when for things from when you were a kid that you carry around in your heart. Oh, sure. You say, you know what? They did they the best they like could. They were only like 20 fucking five years yeah, old, they, whatever. They did, they, these were the tools that they had and they did the best with those tools that they could. You know what I mean? And so it's about... Uh, what I like about this actually is that they're pretty common sense kind of things. Uh-huh. And they're not... They're, it's not too woo-woo. You know what I mean? I agree. And it's not asking you to do something that's impossible. It's really just saying like, hey, if you try these things... You'll get in a better frame but of mind. But it's all maybe. mindset. It's none of it is are like active things, if that makes sense. It well, really no. is just mindset. Yeah, exactly. Which I think sometimes mindset But that's where you spend all your fucking day. I agree, but like if in that you if, rat trap. If you're like programmed a certain way. Yeah. And I say programmed because like I believe this like through therapy and stuff I've done or whatever, is and society, society programs us like mm-hmm. we have like Im- implicit biases and, uh, you know, right. patri- whatever. We're programmed a certain way. I'll only buy General Electric appliances. <laughs> it's like, I mean, thank God we're getting rid of gastos. Finally. <laughs> I mean, finally, this this country can be safer with gas with electric stoves. Like, God, it was so fucking unsafe. Um I know, like, I don't even, that's such a I forgot about po- that. Political weird, <laughs> yeah, a weird yeah, yeah. political wedge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, like, I feel like there has to be some work. You can't just read this book and be like, okay, I'll do this. Like, you have to d- actually do something active, proactive to undo your programming if it works against these things. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, this is good advice. I'll do this. Like, you have to actively examine well, of course. and get, like, curious about your own. Of course. Like, yeah. why you are the way you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't have them, you know. I totally agree. Like, it's not enough to just read a phrase and say, okay, I'm going to do that now. No, that's the end you know? of your journey of therapy or that's the end of the work that you do on yourself, whether it's therapy or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's self-reflection or self you know, whatever, just self-examination. Yeah. That's after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be in a place of really being able to hear that advice in order for you to be able to And take understanding that if you're even capable of doing it, if you have a skill set of doing it. That's right. And if you don't have the skill set of doing it, figuring out why. How are you programmed mm-hmm. to not, right? And look. I mean, what do you think? If you're programmed, we all are, but if you're... I hate to say this. If you're a robot and you're programmed a certain way. You need reprogrammed. But but you can't do it because you're a dumb robot. What's so weird though? Like We tell the Roomba what to do. Yeah. The Roomba doesn't offer suggestions. I mean now, but like in five years they might. When Roombas are writing TV shows. <laughs> All right. We have to take a break. I love that Roomba show. Have you read? Have you have you been binging the new Roomba show? Well, there's eight eight writers in that show. Uh, no, eight Roombas. A, a message from our sponsor. Green Chef. Green Chef. Green Chef. That's right. I'm talking about Green Chef. What is Green Chef? I'm glad you asked me. And I you know what? I want to commend you on your thirst for knowledge. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. I know what that means, and so do you. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, whatever your name is, that's a joke, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Fill up with Green Chef's protein-packed. Our newest collection, yeah, I work for them now, of recipes fit for a high-protein dietary preference. Choose from three weekly menu items, each including at least 40 grams of protein per serving. You can expect a variety of satisfying and flavorful recipes like Greek chicken salad with mint olive tapenade, enchilada spiced turkey bowls, and almond-crusted baramundi. The song from heart. Now choose from 50 plus weekly menu and market items with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. Like order vegan one day, keto the next. Who cares? Get everything you need at Green Market. The one-stop shop for quick breakfast, brunch kits, wholesome lunches, and more you can easily add on to your weekly order. Craving more servings of the secret? 
secret recipe. It's not a secret. Favorite recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can double the portions in your weekly order with just one click. Green Chef is offering more customizations than ever before. In addition to swapping protein in any meal that features chicken, beef, or salmon, for USDA-certified organic ground beef, USDA-certified organic chicken, and wild-caught sockeye salmon, now you can also add chicken or fish to select vegan and veggie recipes each week for an added protein boost. Please don't tell your vegan friends. They'll be mad. Eat well at lunchtime, too, with their 10-minute lunches. Each week's menu includes two convenient, low-prep, and nutritious lunch recipes ready in just 10 minutes. No cooking required, Phil Collins. Perfect for when you're on the go or pressed for time at the office. Is there a code? Oh, you better you better believe there's a code, baby. For our, for our listeners Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to try. And let me say this before we get to the code. Our personal experience, Green Chef. Has, has been, been nothing great. but wonderful. I love Green Chef. You love Green Chef. I can't wait for the next Green box. Chef. Ho- hope she hears this, bro. Hope <laughs> Green Chef hears this, bro. Go to greenchef.com slash homekins60 and use ho- use code homekins60. That's homekins60 to get 60% off. That's 60. Plus free shipping. Greenchef.com slash homekins60. Use code homekins60. That's 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit. For eating well. Thank you, Green Chef. Green Chef. Green Chef. Green Green Chef. Chef. Musical play must have. Must have music. And there is only one thing that it has to be. It has to be good. But in Oscar's case, as these songs will attest, it was better than good. It was extraordinary. June is busting out a there we go leslie uggams the legendary miss leslie uggams it's great. You found it. I she, found it. She forgot the words or the teleprompter failed her. Yeah. And she just kept going. Yeah. She knew the chorus. That's all she needed to know. Yeah. Who cares about those words? It's a stupid song. I'm glad you found By the way, she sounded kind of amazing. Like yeah. even in the face of like. She's a Broadway baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that speaking of scatting. Mm-hmm. Isn't scat like a word for something like like shit yeah (laughs) yeah it is okay i just now made that connection but you know what i don't know if they are connected in that way maybe they are and it was like a little joke like if you're scat singing it's because you don't know what you're fucking doing so it's shit yeah i don't know so the big news this week which i think we all are aware of (laughs) i always said is that why (laughs) You know what I, you know where I'm going. Yes, I do. Do you want to take it from here? The big news, the most important, the most pressing thing. Of this week, besides the fact that Donald Trump will be indicted tomorrow on federal charges. Small potatoes compared to this. And I absolutely know it's going to happen. This news dwarfs that. It's such big news. It's not even funny. Kim Cattrall is making a cameo in the next season of And Just Like That. Yeah. Now, if you're not familiar with Kim Cattrall's scatting, you absolutely must <laughs> seek it out. Okay, so basically, I don't know if people understand the importance of Kim Cattrall returning as her character, Samantha, for one... Oh, yeah, she's playing the same character. One. <laughs> what if she was like, yeah, I'll come back, but I won't play Samantha. <laughs> like, she just kept fucking with them. So, I guess, like, okay, if you're like a sex in the city head like me, then you know that the... Core four. <laughs> the core four. That's right. <laughs> That's like a succession thing, isn't it? The core four. It was also from it, a vacation we went on once before succession was even a thing. Oh. Well, okay, the core four. We went uh so okay, was Kim Cattrall, Cynthia Nixon, 
Sarah Jessica Parker, who did rampant drug use on the set of Scarpegs. Allegedly. And Kristen Davis. Now, we're talking Samantha. We're talking Miranda. Miranda. We're talking, talking Carrie. Carrie. And we're talking Charlotte. Charlotte. The core four. The core four. And don't forget Lady New York, the fifth <laughs> character. <laughs> okay. So, whatever, how many seasons, two movies, whatever. Enormous, enormous cultural juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huge impact. Huge. On the pop culture of America. Huge. Then they're like, you know what? Let's do another version of this. Everybody's doing it. Why don't we do it? So then they released this show and just like that. Well, it turns out Kim Cattrall and the uh, core three. <laughs> They don't like each other. Yeah. IRL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And haven't for a long time. Like, it sounded not good mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. Like, bad. Okay? And I'm a little... I'm a little team Kim Cattrall in this. hmm That said, I don't know the truth because I'm yeah. not... Exactly. There. Yeah. I don't know these people. I only have a parasocial relationship with their fictional characters. Yeah. But anytime there's like a gang of people and a one person, Mm -hmm. it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And it feels a little like, okay, well, obviously the underdog in this situation is the odd woman out, as it were. I mean... I think that is a it's absolutely a case by case basis because sometimes you might think, oh, that one person that's apart from everybody else is a problem, you know? Oh, I see what you're saying. And it depends on what your relationship is to that show or that sport or that whatever it is, you right. know, that you might say, I think that person's the problem and they're all great or they all suck. And that one person is the only cool one. The very reliable journalism of BuzzFeed, where I went down a rabbit hole. And you found out which member of the Sex and the City Core 4 you are. <laughs> took the quiz. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a carry. Whatever. A little bit. Sometimes, some days I'm more of a Charlotte. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, made it seem like... Well, there were obviously egos involved. I mean, that probably goes without saying. Yeah, of course. Just in any situation, whether it's like acting or not acting. Yeah. Especially when a thing becomes big like that, where you start to, of course, you examine your role in the thing. If there's even a little bit of friction, like if you're not tight at the beginning, you're not going to be tight when the success happens. You know what I mean? Right. If you start out, Hey, it's the four of us. We all love doing this. And I I would work with the, like, I guess the Seinfeld people were like that. Like, they loved each other and they remained tight the whole time. You know, nobody was ever one, one more than the other person. Even though it was a similar situation where Seinfeld was a producer on that show. Right. You know, it was built around him. But they were a an ensemble on that show they each had their own stories and everything Mm -hmm. but they all got along and yeah so it's like i think because they were all as far as i know they all like they all hit it off immediately right because that show didn't do well its first year no but they looked like they were having fun and so we had fun yeah I just, from what I understand, and now I'm like, I don't know whose publicist is the more powerful publicist to like spin these stories out, really. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is that like when the show was initially put together, Kim Cattrall was the biggest star. Yes. Among the cast. Yes. Because she'd been in Mannequin or (laughs) I don't know. She'd been in a few movies. Yeah. she She absolutely had the most name recognition. Yeah. That said, Sarah Jessica Parker was clearly playing the protagonist of the show because yes. it, she was ki- playing like 
Candace Bushnell. Bushnell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the books were written by. Yeah. So I whatever happened between them, I don't know, obviously. I really do not know. I really don't know. I mean, I'll tell you if you want to know. <laughs> I want to know. I've been carrying the secret around for years. I fucking want to know. It's been eating away at me. It's none of my fucking business. Yeah. But I want to know. Because I'm interested in like friendships and like how they fade and yeah 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 I, i'm i'm interested in that just on a personal mm-hmm. level like well i mean we've all been there especially in like a high oh it's 100%. just of course we have the, the we've all been there the hunger for the details well yes because like part of me is like what could have been avoided what could how could this have been like resolved like even maybe resolved one day i don't yeah. know um i don't know I just feel uh, it's clear that Kim Cattrall, whatever her problem is with the, you you know, working in that job, Mm -hmm. which is not healthy for her that she doesn't want to go back to, Mm -hmm. um, had her feelings very, very hurt. Right. Because of the way that she has spoken about it Mm -hmm. online, like, and stuff. Yeah. And so that that's like always so painful to witness. Yeah. Whether she's in the wrong or the other people, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in the wrong, whatever. Mm-hmm. I do think that she genuinely was. That's why I'm a little more like team Kim. Cause I'm like, well, like also like you shouldn't have to go back to a job that you don't want to go back to. Yeah. But absolutely. they like begged her. Yeah. And she said it was like bullying apparently. <laughs> and then apparently she finally capitulated to one scene mm-hmm. in the new season mm-hmm. on a set uh, as one half of a phone call yeah without being in the vicinity of any of the rest of the cast mm-hmm. and it's like what was that conversation like were they like here's 25 million dollars <laughs> right yeah i mean i but would like, imagine okay i would imagine they they gave her a bunch of fucking money but i also imagine that they appealed to her on the basis of the fandom of the show. Right, because she had nothing against the show necessarily or yeah. the fandom yeah, or yeah, the yeah. character. She yeah. was just ready to move on and she did not like the work environment. Yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah. was about her and not yeah. the character. So I would bet somebody convinced her on those grounds rather than... I mean, financially, I think she's fine unless there's something we don't know. But because well, I'm yeah, sure they offered her all the time. I'm sure they must have offered a bunch, a bunch of money to come back to the, to the first movies. season. Well, no, for the first season of in just like that. Right. You know, and she was like, no, I don't. I mean, she said it's not. It's not a money. There's no amount of money to make me be unhappy for even an hour. I don't want to spend an hour. What, what was her quote? I don't want to. I don't want to be. Around. Oh, what was it? Yeah, it was, it was like something along the lines of I don't if I don't have to spend an hour being unhappy, why would I? I feel like whatever it's weirdly unfortunate just due to like the modern age that we're in and social media and whatnot that we know this even much about yeah. whatever personal like stuff. Th- here this is very plain. What did right? she say? And when did she say it? Uh she said this in twenty nineteen. I don't want to be in a situation for even an hour where I'm not enjoying myself. There's no fat on that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, eventually she'll have to go to the DMV to renew her license. So (laughs) she might enjoy herself down there. (laughs) If you take a book or something, I bet she goes to like a place, a DMV where tracks you. Yeah. I remember when I had to go to the DMV to get my, before I had my driver's license, I had a state ID Mm -hmm. and I thought they just, it just, you could renew it by mail. I was like, no, you have to go down and do it. And I called them on the phone and they said, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. You have to come in person. Even Johnny Carson has to, you know, (laughs) go to the DMV to get his license. And I'm like, I bet Johnny Carson's DMV has three people in it. Yeah, it's in Malibu, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they probably have like a special office for celebrities that live in Malibu. Exactly. Exactly. Did he live in Malibu? Of course he did, right? If he didn't, he's fucking crazy. I mean, I just feel like a celebrity. If he didn't live in Malibu, I'm going to piss on his grave. (laughs) I just feel like celebrities of a certain generation. Yeah. 
like came up in Hollywood at a certain time and and they live in Malibu. I think so. I think first it was, well, I don't know if it was Beverly Hills. I guess Beverly Hills probably was a fancy ass place. People lived in the hills. Where do the fancy people used to live? I guess they had when Hollywood was like wide open and you could live anywhere. You could go build a house in the middle of fucking nowhere. I suppose that was like Hollywood. Yeah. Like the hills for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like old 1920s style mm-hmm. sprawling. Yeah. Whatever. I would think. You know what that makes me think of every time? What? One of our favorite places. <gasps> the murder house in Los Angeles? No. Oh. <laughs> Musa and Franks. <laughs> no, a, a home that we've been to. The Biltmore Estate in Asheville? No, an actual home. <laughs> not a museum. We're just talking about the Hollywood Hills. Oh, are you talking about when we visited Kate and Remy's? Yes, parents? that's oh, wait, exactly Remy's, right. Remy's parents that lived, but that was like Hollywood. Yeah, that was on the other side of the. That was in the Valley side. Yeah, but still. But that was a pretty amazing home. It was an amazing home, and, and they lived there forever. And it was just like it was everything. It was a real. It was like filled with all their like art books and art. Yeah, like, but it had like a lived in. It was a real house. Yeah, like it really felt like a home. But like the layout was like amazing. Yeah, it was unpretentious. And the view at night was amazing. It was so cozy and wonderful, and yeah, they had that yeah. porch that overlooked the city. It was incredible. It was really good. If you um. If you had, if someone said you can have a second home, would you? Would I? I if mean, I like, I'm giving you money for a second home, would you do it? Because I feel oh. like the idea of owning two homes is to be a weird concept. I mean, just if somebody's general, if somebody's saying I'm giving you just enough money to get a second home and then that's it, that sounds terrifying to me. Okay, well, if I win the HGTV Smart Home Sweepstakes, which I've been joining twice a day every yes. day since the sweepstakes started, That's it's right. like literally my, like, I can't do anything until I join the you sweepstakes. You can't win if you don't play. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Say I win. Mm-hmm. I feel like now I'm not going to win because I'm saying it out loud. Does that work? Is this that true? This is the stuff that dreams are made of. You're allowed to, you're allowed to wonder. But if I say it out loud and I win, that'd be too weird now. So I should never have uttered it out loud. Well, now the cat's out of the bag. Should I edit this out? Because I really want to win. <laughs> because like it's in <laughs> Santa Fe this year. Uh-huh. And like I love New Mexico. Mm-hmm. But also like I kind of like the smart home like more than the dream home. Like mm-hmm. typically. Like I'm okay with the dream Wait, home. they offer one or the other every year? Either there's, you get a smart home or you get a dream home? There's like... There's like a few. There's like the smart home, which is. Uh, Do they also offer like a shithole? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the urban oasis, which is okay. Mm-hmm. That was like Nashville or something last year, which was fine. And I would have been happy with the urban oasis. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want the smart home so much more than the dream home. Mm-hmm. The dream home is like the dream home. Right. Like it's got like this and that and whatever. Okay. Not the other thing. No, it's got this, that, and the other thing. What? All three? Like, you can't believe it. Like, you take the virtual tour online and you're like, oh, and it has that, and it has that. Okay, great. (laughs) The smart home, to me, is better than the dream home because it's, like, all, like, technological advancements in home living. Right. And it's, like, they have the... So, the one in Santa Fe has, like, these, like... Um, sun like roof window thingamabobs mm-hmm. that like you can push a button mm-hmm. and they open to the sky. I love that shit. And then you push a button and it closes and then you can push a button and it blacks it out Ugh. like for sleeping or whatnot. That does sound great. And the fucking bathtub in the primary bathroom in Santa Fe yeah. is right underneath one of them. So you can take like a soaking tub at night open. Look at the stars. And the fucking stars. Which they have in New Mexico. That's what I'm fucking saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if I win it, mm-hmm. which I want to, mm-hmm. would you be okay or would we have to 
sell it because it's a secondary. I mean, I guess it's like because then you have to pay taxes on it and shit, right? Yeah. Okay. So what do you? I mean, is it like they just give you this house? There's no mortgage. There's no payments. Okay, Paul. <laughs> they give you the house. They give you also all of the furnishings in the house. Mm-hmm. And it's furnished to the fucking nines. It's like <laughs> stuck. There's it's too stuck. much furniture in there. Like it's got like plates. It's got like forks. Mm-hmm. It's got a fucking <laughs> refrigerator with a monitor on it. Like a fucking Wi-Fi refrigerator. Mm-hmm. I Okay. It's mm-hmm. got this. It's got blankets. It's got pillows. It's got like the outdoor furniture. It's got... All of that. They give you the house. They give you the furniture. They give you a fucking all-electric Mercedes. (laughs) They give you a car, too? I didn't know about that. They give you an all-electric Mercedes. There's a charger in the garage. Mm -hmm. Then they give you $100,000 in cash. What the fuck? Cuckoo, are you hearing this? (laughs) Did you hear what I just heard, Cuckoo? The entire price mm-hmm. is like a retail value of like something like two million something dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you can opt for the cash price. Right. Which is basically, I don't want the house with the furnishings or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like $700,000. Oh, you want. Okay, cause my cause Samantha and I play the dream home, the Urban Oasis, and the smart home. She plays smart home a lot more than uh, she plays smart home kind of the most. <laughs> I play Urban play. Oasis, smart home, and dream home, <laughs> and we like email each other like every day. Like, did you right. did you know it starts tomorrow? Blah blah blah. Right. Oh, but Samantha, your friend, not Samantha from Sex in the City. No, Samantha, Just my so friend. People know. Yes. <laughs> Samantha, my friend. So it's a like she's sometimes she'll be like, I don't like where the dream home is this year. <laughs> and I'm going to take the cash prize. And I'm always thinking to myself, like, what? I would never take the cash prize. No matter where the home is. No. Look, I like New Mexico. I like Santa I Fe. I fucking love New Mexico. But I mean, are we really going to go there that to much? Santa Fe? Yeah. Yes. How often are we going to go? Wait. But then you also could make it a rental income property. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. if it's somewhere desirable, like yeah, you yeah, can yeah. list it on like Verbo or whatever. Oh, love to be a landlord. <laughs> There's management companies away. that take yeah, care yeah, of yeah. that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're contributing to the economy. Well, look, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm not selling it. I'm just Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, in a sense, this is your baby. You know what I mean? Like, like I I have not been playing. I want to play. I want the smart home so bad because like number 1 is Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. Number 2 there's a rooftop area like patio. Mm-hmm. Number 3 there's the sunroofs that open to the stars. Number four, there's a refrigerator with a monitor on it, like a Wi-Fi refrigerator. <laughs> sure. Like I don't, you know. Number five, there's a cold plunge <sighs> pool. Okay. For because it gets hot there. Yeah, fair. Number six, there's an outdoor kitchen. Number how many? Seven, how many numbers are there? <laughs> <laughs> We should. I think you've made your point. We should wrap it up. Do you have any recommendations? Wait, we're not even close. Yes, we actually are very close. Do you want to know my recommendation? Yes, I do. Which I very much kind of wanted to get into a little more on the pod. Sure, go ahead. I need everyone I know. Paul's going to die laughing because he was part of this. I need everyone I know to binge... A docuseries that everyone I know told me to binge called The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Apparently it's on Max, which I pains me to say that word, Max, because I think it's so stupid that they changed HBO Max to Max. It is a docuseries about someone, a family 
that adopts um adopts a child from Ukraine like with dwarfism, like a rare form of dwarfism. And the story of the entire story of the adoption and things that go wrong or whatever are a wild ride. I'm I'm speaking in a weird, vague way only because I feel like I would spoil the ride it goes on if I got too specific about it. But it's sort of like, you know, it kind of starts with a big hook, I would say. Wouldn't you say, Paul? Yeah. It starts with a big hook. So you're kind of like in for the ride instantaneously. And then it goes like down some incredibly bizarre and dark places. But the, the story itself is wild, but also the guy oh my God. who is the re- who's the breakout star of this is the father who is like the adoptive father. He's like if Joe Exotic worked at a bank. He's like um possibly the most nakedly disordered <laughs> he's a straight up weirdo he seems uh, completely false in everything that he says and does <laughs> sees he's like yeah i can't describe him i mean i don't want to like spoil it by describing him necessarily but mm. i will say 5 minutes in you already know this. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Yeah. Like five minutes in, you're like, something is up with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But also, like, there's going to be a new installment coming out later this summer. Everyone's, like, dying to see what it wh- where it goes. I, like, made Paul come and watch. Like, there were, like, he was only half watching with me. And there were moments where I paused it. And I was like, oh, my God, you have to come back in here and watch this. Moment. I mean, I got sucked in. It's It's compelling for sure. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is another book by Andrew Sean Greer. I love this guy. I'm reading a book called, uh, and I think I'm almost done, The Impossible Lives of Greta Wells. What is that? It's about this woman in 1985. But a fictional or non It's a novel, yeah. A, a, a woman in 1985. Yes. Okay. And she undergoes electroshock therapy, uh-huh. which causes her to time travel into the consciousness of someone living of her essentially herself in other time periods interesting so she wakes up one day and she's in 1918 and like her aunt is the same person and there's this guy that she was involved Wait, with that the same person at a different age or the same person at in the- a different time so like her, she hasn't, she has an aunt Ruth and then there's aunt Ruth, but she's the aunt Ruth of 1918. Meaning aunt Ruth is, might be 30 in 1985, but no, she's no, 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 no. This is like, it's almost like it's an alternate, an alternate timeline. Okay. Where all of these same people are now in 1918. They just don't know that they exist so in other places. I wouldn't call I like that's not even like time travel in a way. It's like um it's like uh sliding doors kind of thing. Sliding doors but also with a with a time sliding aspect as okay, well. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's kinda hard to describe. But it's Do you it's like really it? I love it. Yeah. It's and great. What's it I think called? he's a great writer. Uh The Impossible Lies of Greta Wells. And what Greta were Wells. the other books that he wrote oh my god he wrote less he wrote less is lost he wrote the story of a marriage he wrote the confessions of max tivoli he's uh i really like his writing a lot okay that's a yeah. good, that's a good recommendation there you go uh there you go anything else well first of all can i just take a minute to recommend ourselves sure so earlier this month we released a uh, little bonus episode mm-hmm and the way that you can access that is by going to our Weekend Water Substack, Substack. publication, weekendwater.substack.com, and you can access our bonus content there. And if you are not a subscriber yet, please join our subscription list. Yeah. 
Yeah, Why we don't you? All, all kinds of like free stuff too. Yeah, so. look, if you can do it. The su- to subscribe to the Substack is free, but if you want to uh, become Access. a paid subscriber, yeah, the bonus. Then you get the the bonus stuff. Yeah, and you can upgrade. You know, you can. Yeah. Upgrade we'll still we're still going to keep doing this, and I, I there might be other things that are going to be offered for free as well um, that I have ideas about. Oh, um, but this is the first time here. I know. Uh, I would say watch this space. So, but you won't know about it if you're not signed up for the Substack. It's our little newsletter. Like, uh, blasts. Yeah. But in addition, what is great about the Substack, which is where you can go to comment specifically on this episode. Mm-hmm. So we invite you to subscribe to theweekendwater.substack.com to subscribe or discuss or engage. Yeah, you can talk with other people. We do chats from time and to we time. We do chats from time to time. Yeah. We also check in on the comments section as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes answer questions and stuff like that. So this is, we're trying to kind of move the conversation over there versus when the way we used to have it on Gmail because we, it was like impossible to engage that exactly. way. And this is a much more contained and lively way of being part of a community. Absolutely. So please, we invite you just to add your little email address. It's totally no obligation, like free or whatever. And, and uh, we'll send little updates. And, and we also like, Announce when Paul's doing shows like he- For instance, Philadelphia, June 16th and 17th, Friday and Saturday. Underground Arts. Underground Arts, 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. The 9 p.m. shows are sold out, but there's still tickets for the 6 p.m. shows. Uh, those are going to be really fun doing Variatopia for the first time in my hometown. We got great guests. It's going to be so much fun. So please do come out for that. I hope you guys, if you're in the Philadelphia area, can go check that show out because... I can vouch having seen so many Varietopias. It is like an awesome that you get every penny's worth of entertainment from whatever you spend on your ticket sales. I wouldn't let also, you down. Also, people are loving that Varietopia poster and it's going to be for sale at the show. Yes. Another great poster by Nathan Diffie. We got, lo- we got among other merch. We got fun merch. We just added cufflinks. We have Varietopia cufflinks. Shut the front fucking yes, door. Cufflinks with the Varietopia logo. They look great. That's really cool. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for those shows. And these, by the way, these road shows are not recorded. So they only happen live. So this if is If you're in the area, you have it. to go yeah. see it live. If yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. in the area, you better hope Paul comes to your area. You better hope it. Because like, that's about it. Anything? Listen, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Yes, you guys. If I win the smart home, <laughs> I will let you know. Um, other than that, I guess stay Stay safe, stay stay sane, sane, and and stay stay strong. strong.